0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we are talking about the Disney animated movie, Encanto. So we are going to be going into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen it, it is on Disney+. Plus. Go check it out, go watch it, and then come back and watch our show. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Um, as far as Encanto goes, this was a movie I was telling you um, on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash C3 Films, that I was... Um, I didn't know much about the movie, but I, I expected to like it more so than I was expecting to like either some of the other movies you watched, like the Adam Project or um, Turning Red. But I did not know what it was about, and I did not know how much I was going to enjoy it. And this, like the last, the latest group of films that we sat down and watched, have all come as pleasant surprises to me, and also they have been just a lot of fun. I. When I watched Encanto, I was like there's no way this is going to be as enjoyable as, as Turning Red was and I was like nervous because I was like man this is not I I shouldn't have watched both these movies back to back but it's a different movie but it's it's a musical like Disney films tend to be but I still really really enjoyed it. This movie was a lot of fun for me.
1: Right, they were both good, right? And like, how often does that happen where we get two animated movies coming out so close together and they're both really good. And they're also both um, one of those movies where there's no like actual villain. Yep. And it's really just like a, a drama between characters. Um, anyway. and, and I think I'm really liking that, you know, uh, route of, you know, for a plot. Is not actually having um a villain because i think it gives more layers to the characters especially the ones who are serving as an antagonist because it's mm-hmm. like real life people are not you know as black and white as you know the olden days of film writing um, so i think mm-hmm. it's a good movement um in the sense of character development and, and driving the film films using characters which is really what they both are. They're just character-driven films with a lot of uh, extra pizzazz.
0: <laughs> right, one hundred percent. Like, it's so true. And like, I was talking a little bit about how Turning Red had some more um, adult-related jokes in the in the movie, but this one, like, in, in true Disney fashion, it's not a Disney movie unless a parent dies. And that's like, and that is exactly how the movie opens. It opens with um, the death of the man that would be the grandfather of the generations to the, to come that we observe in this movie. Um, the movie is really interesting in that it's about this big, giant family all living in one roof that gets different powers. And then the main character that we follow, follow Maribel, she doesn't have a gift. She doesn't have powers, um, but Whereas when we watched Turning Red, that was about, like, the women in the family getting this gift or curse, how you ever how you want to look at it. And this one, it wasn't um, relegated to any gender. It was something that was bequeathed to anybody that was born in the family. And for whatever reason, Maribel is the only one that didn't get it. And in this movie, they have everyone that has powers, has a door that gives them their own room. But Maribel is living in the nursery with, 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 with her nephew. <laughs> Oh, or I guess is that would it be her cousin? Second cousin. It's her, it's her cousin. Yeah, it's her
1: cousin.
0: S- second cousin. Um, second cousin. Yeah. So like, and that's that, and that's just how it is. And so when the movie gets going is because of the fact that the the magic that is giving them all their abilities is going away, and so now Maribel um goes on this. I'm like she goes she has this Mulan moment where she's about to be like yo we going, we're going we're going we're packing up we're about to go solve this problem and then she's like wait a second where am i going and i i love that moment i was just like yes like you're you' everything you need to solve this problem is in this house you don't need to go anywhere so i love that the i love that the movie played with that
1: yeah. Um, sorry actually I was thinking about it um, I think you're right I think it's just cousin but anyway <laughs> <laughs> I do think like about the family though I kind of thought it was cool that we were you know getting to see a bigger scope of family
0: mm-hmm. because at
1: least that's how it is for me I'm very close to my extended family and we did all live in the same house together like that so since I felt uh, like, it was relatable for me because of that, and I thought it was kind of cool that we're getting to see a movie where we don't just see um, parents and then kids, but it's, like, yeah. the grandmother and her kids and then their kids, um, and that that's just a really cool thing um, to see because I, I think, like, uh, I don't really know how the culture is like in America, outside of, you know, people of color families, and a lot of um, different cultures are like that, where they're just very close to their extended family. Um, but we definitely barely see that in movies. So I, I just wanted to give a nod to that, because I think it's a very common thing for um, families to, to be very close to their extended families. It's like a yeah, thing 100%, like, right? yeah, like I, I see my cousins as like sisters and brothers. Um, and I don't think that's a very common uh, for like American families, but definitely um, for people of color.
0: Yeah, and you know. like in this movie where it showcases these like these sisters that live, that live together and they also live with their cousins. And they have these like these close knit relationships. And one of the great things that this movie does that I was not expecting once while I was getting into the movie was that it actually actively makes it a goal to give a song per um, sister, and then also it, it plays around with the song with like the the uncle. Uh, sorry, me, the 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 auntie and. Her kids and stuff like that, but like the sisters of Maribel they get like Louisa and Isabella Like they get like one-on-one interaction songs that reveal who they are as characters and That was one of those things that I really enjoyed like you have this big strong character who's the oldest sister but she feels like she has to carry the weight of the entire family on her shoulders and her song is about basically trying to like make it so that Maribel doesn't have to worry about anything because she'll take it all on, but she has to learn how to like, let it go. She doesn't have to always be strong. And then her losing her powers, like kind of necessitates that and kind of shows that even more so. And then the whole like thing about Isabella, like when I was seeing her in those scenes and where she has that moment when they say, oh yeah, he wants to have five kids with you. And like the flowers pop out of her hair. I was like, she doesn't want to marry him. (laughs) <laughs> she doesn't actually want this. And the the fact that they played with the idea that Maribel sees her sister, a girl that she lives with and like experiences every day and still doesn't really know her, still looks at her and just like, oh, you're this perfect, and I, this is why we hate each other and blah, blah, blah. But like, Isabella's like, yo, I don't want to be perfect. And then this, you want to talk about co- co- crossover themes, that was all about what Turning Red was about. Like, this is a character... Who actively has to be perfect on a regular basis, and the pressure is crushing her, and all she wants to do is cut loose. And so she's happy when she's just making imperfect flowers and like rolling around in like tie dye, and that's when she's the happiest. And I love that element of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have another um, situation where all the characters kind of being controlled by one character who is the antagonist of the film but is also not a villain just an antagonist yes. so yes <laughs> um so yeah and and i think that uh, louisa is like one of the best characters in my, she's my favorite character she's so um great. She's so yeah great. <laughs> so uh, a little fun fact for you um when they were you know marketing the film um they were expecting kids to to want um Isabella dolls but they actually wanted Louisa dolls and I was like oh I wonder why who wouldn't want a doll of like a super cool strong female character with the best song in the movie I don't care what the um the the billboards say (laughs) but um another fun fact for you uh, we don't talk about Bruno beat out the record for um, Let it go from frozen. Oh it's like, Yeah, it's more popular than let it go uh, I don't know if you've heard it like everywhere, but it's super catchy and watching it the second time I could really see why that's such a good song um, that's
0: Hilarious because <laughs> my roommate and I while watching the movie we were like listening to all the songs and judging them while we went and then we got to like we don't talk about Bruno and we just said This is our favorite song. And I've never, I didn't know, I didn't hear any of the music about this movie beforehand, by the way. But like when we watched the movie, the two songs that we liked the most were um, We Don't Talk About Bruno and um, Isabella's song that she she sings. Um, And let's be real Isabella Isabella? is just Flower Elsa. So of course, people don't need her, need her like plushie as much as they need uh, Louisa, who's more unique.
1: Interesting, because Louisa's song um, is the second song uh second most popular song from this movie um, nice yeah i don't know if that one beat out let it go but it, it's up there so um but anyway <laughs> to talk about that song the reason why i think it was uh really interesting is because like a lot of things were happening in that mm-hmm. song so it wasn't just a song song but like it was also an integral part of the story um where they were like you know introducing a little bit more about the character Bruno obviously um but then we were also learning more about uh how, what happened in the past uh a mm-hmm. little bit more about um the characters uh Isabella and uh, and the uh the love triangle with the cousin that is mm-hmm. when I think it was kind of first introduced that there was gonna be a love triangle there, uh, not like a huge deal of love triangle, but I think it's those little yeah. details that you know add to the story. Like that is not just something they just threw in there. So mm-hmm. um, it's really giving you know um, value to uh, not value, but like more substance to the story um and then I also thought like any time where you have a song where more than one person is singing uh different melodies and they're (laughs) overlapping and it's forming some ensemble harmony that is very very hard to do and that's the I think that's why people um really like the song so much is because uh Usually when that happens, like that's like some Tony level stuff, where you get mm-hmm. awards for like writing songs like that. So, and they really did that at the end where like they were all like overlapping and stuff like that. It just, it's a good song. I still like yeah. this song better, <laughs> but that's just cause I think I'm a little biased towards her. But I did, I do think, I do like the way the song sounds. So it's sketchy.
0: No, yeah like and i think that overall the music was great like i liked i was one i was hoping they would have at least one song in spanish and i got two so i was like okay sweet let's go um so i had a lot of good i had a lot of fun watching uh, and listening to the the music of this um of the movie and also like the characters like when just taken um separately like i love Luisa as a character Like she she just warmed my heart, and I love the fact that the end of the movie was, yeah, you got your strength back, but take a load off. We got you. Learn learn to relax. When she says the whole thing of, you know, I'm strong, but I cry sometimes, they're like, me too. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can be strong and vulnerable, but you also can relax. You don't have to, like, you don't have to do everything for us. And I've just, I enjoyed the fact that for a movie that has so many characters and... You know, a lot of movies these days have trouble juggling so many characters in a good way. I mean, we just watched The Eternals, you know, a little while ago, and that movie is over two hours long. Um, This movie is much shorter than that, and has arguably just as many characters, but still does a decent enough job of making us care enough. Like, we don't get to like know like the intricate details of all these different characters. I mean, um, you know, we get to. We get to know about like the grandmother, her story, Maribel, Bruno, but like the characters like Maribel's parents, they don't really get much to do in the movie outside of just kind of being there. But the movie still does a decent enough job to have us care in some kind of way about most of the main cast, at least I feel that way.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the opening song where Mirabelle um, is... Kind of telling the kids like the town kids about about her family and they kind of go mm. down the uh, family tree and like what everyone's gift is so like it's all established in one song and so that is an easy montage to explain um and establish characters in just like three minutes so that was like a you know i mean it's a musical so it's it's totally fine to do that um and it's a good tool to use, but it was also a good song and it was a fun way to introduce everyone. Um, mm. I mean, I, I don't know. I think like the, the music is just really good. It's a really good tool in general for any musical to just, you know, speed along and give information. And I think um, surprisingly some of the best songs and the best scenes that are in this movie is when a lot of things happen really fast within minutes and uh, another example that is not um through a song but it was the uh, dinner proposal (laughs) where like a lot of things were going on like you find out about the um the the like the dad is trying to help his daughter hide the prophecy that Bruno made and like the information is slowly going around the table and in the in the meantime um the guy is trying to propose to Isabella. <laughs> all this mm-hmm. stuff going on. So, um I thought that was a really fun scene to have as well. Just having all the kinds of stuff going on at once.
0: Oh yeah. It's absolutely amazing and like the another thing that the movie does, I mean, I've been kind of talking about it already, but like to go in further in depth is like recontextualizing um moments or like characters and how we see them so we talked about it with isabella but um and how she was like she basically says i was going to get married for the family i wasn't doing it for me i was doing it for the family and then when we meet bruno everyone thinks that bruno ran away because he didn't care about the family and that's why no one talks about him but bruno is a hero in my book because he ran away to protect the little girl he repped the family because he knows what he had, he had dealt with it up until a point. Like, He brings it up where he says, at some point people misconstrue my predictions with me making it happen. And so because that constantly happened, he knew what the, the town would do if they read his prediction as it related to Maribel. So he said, I'm, go- I'm just going to leave. And he did that to protect a little girl that didn't even know that that's why he did it for And didn't even find out until years later. And so, to me, in that one little moment, like that's a really great example of how you can immediately endear the audience to a character without needing to like spend 30 minutes getting to know a character. At the moment you find out that he did that for her, all of a sudden he's immediately a lovable and likable character because he made a sacrifice for our main character and she didn't even know about it at the time. So, like, I really like. How Bruno is handled as a character, and I like how his relationship is another thing that's kind of um, explored in the movie. When with with his with his mother, when he shows up at the end and his mother, like hugs him and holds him and brings him back, and he gets to see his sisters again.
1: Yeah, it's very much a character film, um, like I mentioned earlier, and I think they really are spot on about how much time they want to spend um on certain things like where they linger on things but they're also very concise in other parts um because they don't need to <laughs> get the story they get the story across and then they hit the the exact right points to really develop and like make you feel for the characters
0: yeah 100 percent. and then as far as maribel as a leading character i enjoyed her too like she's a very lovable likable character um you know you feel for her right away because she doesn't have a gift like everybody else so once again we're talking about being immediately endeared into a character she's really sweet you see how she connects with antonio underneath the bed and then when he like wants to walk with her but he needs her to to do it and she's like i don't want to but he's like hey i need you and then she does it like she is a character that is fun to, to explore the the movie with. Um, I laughed my butt off when the toucan um, shows up and is like exploring with her, and then she goes into like the dark place by like by, about to go in there by himself, and then like the cut is just the, the toucan just flying away. Like, nope, I'm not <laughs> doing it. It's amazing. Um, but so yeah, and she she. Has love for the family when she gets into the argument with the grandmother. Like, you understand where her frustration is coming from because you've seen everything that she's been doing. So, for the grandmother to accuse her of not loving the family and to accuse Bruno of not loving the family to see Marty Bell stand up for her grandmother to her grandmother, even though it results in catastrophe, is such a great moment. And I, and I love that scene so much.
1: Mm-hmm. And she really says, like, what you want to say, at, like, as an audience, right? Because you, you're, you've you you been feeling this the whole time from the grandmother, the entire film, where she's just completely blaming Maribel for everything. Complete opposite of turning red, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> yeah. but, like, everything she does is wrong. And then you can just see, like, over time how, you know, the fact that... Um, the grandmother's just trying to kind of control everyone and like put up this facade of how the family is perfect and she's just trying to hold it all together but in doing so she's making it fall apart like Bruno exiled himself and then you know she's kind of pushing Mirabel to doing that same thing Um, and I kind of think it's interesting how that parallels with um, the idea of Bruno having prophecies where it kind of does that thing where like you know the prophecy and so you act on it and by acting on it you make it come true so it's kind of kind of like that um kind of thing where they just kind of neatly go side by side in relation to each other
0: (laughs) yeah do you think it's a domino
1: effect like you, you try so hard to do one thing or prevent something from happening that you make it happen
0: right no exactly and it's just kind of yeah, um, if you didn't know, would it, would, it, would it still happen? Or is it supposed to be the thing of you knowing gives you the tools to prevent it? Um, and in the case of this movie, both happen. <laughs> the tragedy still happens, but they're also able to recover from it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really enjoyed that. The one question I have now that just popped in my head while we were talking is, I actually don't understand the significance of the Butterfly. Because I don't remember the butterfly actually leading to anything or, having, or doing anything after everything went to crap.
1: I mean, it was in the vision, and then that vision of the butterfly landing on like a grass leaf, it happened mm-hmm. at the end after Mirabelle um, and her grandmother reconciled their differences so right but it wasn't the thing
0: of like her having to follow the butterfly or anything it was just kind of trying to show that this will get better or something
1: no i think okay. it was just to show that uh, it was like a marker to show that what happened was supposed to happen
0: mm. yeah. okay yeah. gotcha
1: um yeah so just real quick I, yeah. The, the other interesting thing that i thought about um like the whole visions with Bruno is I I feel like or at least how I interpret it was when Mirabelle um met Bruno it kind of felt like she was meeting a future or she was like seeing a vision of her future um being an outcast and like having to live the life that he's living unless she makes a conscious decision to do something else. So I thought that was another cool play on a little hidden um, symbolism there.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And the last thing I wanted to say about Bruno was that he's the one voice I recognized immediately as, as soon as he started talking for a couple of minutes. I was like, oh, that's John Leguizamo. And I love John Leguizamo. So that's another way to make me immediately like your characters. You get John Leguizamo to play him.
1: Yeah, plus it was funny when, like, we first met him, and he's, like, trying to save her from falling in that dark pit, but it it was, like, a foot off the ground.
0: (laughs) Right? But I also got so mad at her, I'm like, you dropped me! You dropped me! Because you saw a rat, you dropped me! If this wasn't, like, two feet, I'd be dead because you dropped me! So mad.
1: Yeah, another funny part I thought was when um, Antonio like popped in on the two of them when they were talking, and the jaguar was about to eat the rats, and he was like, "Don't eat that," <laughs> <laughs> or "Don't eat those."
0: <laughs> and the jaguar was just like, "Oh." <laughs>
1: That's
0: cute. Yeah, and like I, the movie got me emotionally at the end when. I, I was com- this it completely caught me off guard. Like I was, I was with it. I was loving it when they were building the house and everything else like that. But I didn't really start to feel a thing until they said, "There's only one part that's left." And they said, and they handed her the door, the doorknob, and it had, with her initial on it. And it was like, "Holy crap!" They gave her a door. She didn't. She never had her own door, and now she has the door to the house. And I was like, "That's awesome." And then Antonio walked with her the way that she walked with him at the beginning, and I was like, "You guys just brought this full circle." <laughs> and I, at that point, I was like, "Yeah, there's no way I can't love this movie."
1: Yeah, I really love that kid. He's such a good, actor. like, he's such a good um, side character that you never really give much thought to because you know he's a younger kid. And he doesn't really right. add anything to the story. He just kind of. He adds character to the film. I think that's why um, he's such a cool character. He doesn't. He's not a driving force to the plot. He's just kind of there to, you know, um, give more um, substance to the mm-hmm. story. I I just I one of the scenes with him that really stood out to me was when he was hiding under the bed and he was like nervous yeah. about like not getting a door, just like Mirabel and, like, the one person that he's talking to is Mirabelle, and she's supposed to be the one that comforts him, to so give him that confidence that he will get a gift, even though she didn't, and if, like, yeah. I was a kid, I'd be like, well, you didn't get it, how how am I supposed to know, like, now I'm just afraid that there's a chance that I won't get it, how is she supposed to, you know, give me that confidence? Um, but she mm-hmm. does, and I thought that relationship and that whole scene between the two of them, where she's able to, like, put her, um, herself aside to be a support to him. Like, it would be so easy to just be like, everything sucks, I didn't get a gift, I'm the only one, I'm outcast, I'm worthless, kind of thing, but she never does that. She always tries to, um, you know, find the light in her situation, even with her grandma blaming everything on her.
0: That's true. I don't think Maribel actually complains about her situation like to everybody else like she doesn't g- complain about it to her sisters or anything Not even, like even I mean they she talks about it with her mom but she never like really gets like depressed or goes in on the fact that she doesn't like have a gift and like oh woe is me she doesn't do that and I didn't even think about it but I think you're right like that also kind of adds to the strength of that character and why she's so likable
1: yeah, and they really put her down too like at the beginning when the guy shows up and he gives her a not special special. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? And then her cousin just tells the, everybody when she's like actively trying to avoid telling everyone that she doesn't have a gift and the cousin just comes by and is like, "Oh, she doesn't have one." And then walks away. I was like, "Yeah. That's some family. That's some family mess that families do,
1: but mm. <laughs> Yeah, they really put her down. Like that's that's the raising the stakes right there. <laughs> <laughs> In a character right. film.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I yeah, I just I can't believe it, but this is like another one that just completely caught me off guard and that I was really happy to experience. Um I basically there's there's so much to talk about with this movie, but um, I feel like I said most of what I wanted to bring up. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up?
1: Uh, not, there's just one thing that kind of threw me off a little bit was just when that candle was going out at the beginning or like when, when the uh, house was falling apart. And and then it looked fine. Well, no, no. Maribel was trying to get to the candle. Like everyone was trying to get to the candle and she finally does get to it. Um, and she's like asking Casita, the house, to help her get to the candle. And mm-hmm. at the whole time, I was just like, how come the house doesn't just bring the candle? Give me down? the candle. Because <laughs> it can do a lot <laughs> of things, but um, okay, I'll just let that little plot hole go, I guess. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: that house was working overtime to save everybody. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> um flower elsa almost died and like the house caught her and then the kid who could shapeshift also almost died and the house saved saved him and then even maribel almost died and the house saved maribel so you know that house was working overtime to keep that family safe and the house got everybody out of the out of harm's way plus the house was also crumbling so you know
1: yeah, i give dying. the house a
0: little bit of credit <laughs>
1: seemed like it would have been easier if it was like wait everyone stop let me just deliver the candle to you safely <laughs> right
0: <laughs> i think my biggest question is how all the magic comes back at the end of the movie
1: yeah i i mean i don't think those things were really meant to so whenever you have magic involved in a movie i feel like the rules kind of just get thrown around mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where I don't really need an explanation, especially since it's at the end. Um, yeah. It, it didn't that's supposed really bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it it just felt like I didn't quite understand why Maribel didn't get a gift. That That's a big question that I had, because uh, like usually when something like that happens, it's for a reason. And it's like a decision that was made by like whatever power, power like what whatever makes the decisions of the gifts Mm -hmm. had to have done it for a reason, and um, no reason was ever given. It's just kind of something that happened, and um, and then that became like a cause or like a domino effect into like why Bruno had the vision. So, you would think ultimately it had to happen because Mirabelle was supposed to somehow like save the family, but then there's Mm. no outside driving force that's making that conscious decision that that's the path that like the reason why she was specifically chosen not to get a gift is because she is being tasked with something unbeknownst to her. So, um, I feel like that was missing for me. Um, I just needed a reason for her to not have a gift because otherwise it's just kind of unfair.
0: Right. I think the only thing that I could come up with is that her not getting a gift was the first instance of the house losing its power. And then that's like sets the domino effect of, you know, everyone realizing that the house is losing its power. Um, And I guess for whatever reason, you can only do the ritual once or something. Like... That's what I don't really understand, but I I can I can contend with the idea that maybe the reason Maribel didn't get a door despite the fact the door was there was because the magic was starting to leave the house and she just happened to be like the first one that got to suffer because of that.
1: Yeah, I just wish that there was a little bit more solid explanation to it. So that's just I think that that's the only thing that really bothered me besides the candle. But <laughs> it's just that one little missing piece for like the movies because it, it just bothered me, like why? It just felt yeah. unfair, and I feel like it needed some kind of explanation, like a just to give a reason for everything in the movie that happened to have happened, and I think that was missing.
0: Nope, you're right though, like, usually it's some type of grand design that is necessary, like, Maribel needed to not have powers in order to set something in motion that would save the family, but exactly. it's never made clear, like, that's the reason she didn't get her powers. Yeah. So, yeah, 100%, I get you. But yeah, so that's uh, that's Encanto, everybody, like, that's um, how we felt about it. We really enjoyed the movie, but uh, what did you guys think about it? Did you have problems with it, kind of similar to some of the things that Cheryl picked up on? Did you enjoy the songs? What was your favorite song? Who's your favorite character? Whatever you thought about it, comment below, let us know. And way down there if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been
1: Cheryl, and we'll see you all next time.